Hey, everybody. Welcome. And welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I'm your host, Dorothy O'Dell. And tonight's uh, proud sponsors of the show are Jen Sahar with Strong Foundations. With over 25 years of leading, mentoring, training, and coaching, Jen provides individuals and business personalized support to get aligned with your best life. For more information, go to www.jensahari.com. As well, get your copy of her book, Created, No Way Out. Uh, it is based on um, on Faith, who is on the verge of ending her life following decades of feeling unloved and unseen and appreciated. And it's just filled with unique uh, emotion, unique insights on mental health and an ending you don't want to miss as well. Don't forget our camaraderie rescue mission uh, summer raffle of fun. $7,500 value could be yours today for only $100. Get your name put in the draw for the Winter Haven um, six-month Freedom Boat Club membership. But don't worry, if you're not from Winter Haven, Florida, you have a chance to win win it and use it up to uh, over 300 locations four times in the next six months. So with that, just go to www tcrmi.org backslash shop to get your ticket today. With that, I am really excited to bring our special guest, Anthony Reed, to the show. Welcome, Anthony. Hello, Dorothy. How are you? I am great. We were just talking in the green room here. We both just got off work, so we're awesome and we're ready to <laughs> rock and roll. So, Anthony, for those people that have no idea who you are, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, just real quick, a uh, little bit about myself. Uh, my story really starts out probably in December 19th, 1990. Uh, that's when uh, two wonderful parents adopted me and brought me over here to the States from Guatemala City, Guatemala. Uh, gave me a wonderful opportunity, gave me a wonderful life. <clears throat> we had pretty much everything we needed, but didn't have everything we wanted. <laughs> but right. it, it's, you know, those are things that help you through life. And they taught me a lot of different things through those different challenges in our lives. And then <clears throat> it had a pretty normal life, uh, was doing the things that I wanted to do as a young person, trying to figure out my career, what I wanted to do. I'd played around. I'd been in the working with my uncle in the plumbing industry at age of 13. So was starting to work with, you know, decide, Hey, I don't really like plumbing as much. And so decided, Hey, look, you know, let me try something else and decided to go for a masonry or to do brick, brick and block and rock and all that stuff. Went to school, age 18, graduated, was going to school to a vocational school to do that. And woke up one morning and found out I felt a little different than the rest of than I used to. Uh, I tell people a lot of times I felt like uh, two face off of Batman is that I uh, come to find out I had a stroke due to high blood pressure. Wow. And so, you know, blood pressure for a lot of people, you know, it's definitely very important to keep an eye and make sure it's controlled. Uh, normally, depending on, depending on, it could be 120 over 80, and there's, you know, a little up or down. But I decided to do a little bit bigger than that. I decided to go 320 over 280, which uh, definitely probably uh, about stroke the doctor out. But, you know, we're all good. We all go. Let's, let's go on forward. Good life move on, which we did, but decided 18, 19, who needs doctors, who needs medication, who needs it in that, throw it away in the trash and let's keep on moving. And then at age 25, that caught up with me, or not 25, age 22, it caught up with me in 2013. I ended up, was diagnosed with end-stage renal disease due to hypertension or to high blood pressure. Uh, had I not, had I listened when I was told originally, I would probably not even had that opportunity to be on dialysis. Did dialysis for four years, got transplanted, and started my you know started my dream job in 2017, and then started my own company in 2020, and now here we are. Wow, that is um, an amazing story. And I don't know, did we? Did I know that you were adopted from Guatemala before? I I don't remember that part of the story. And the reason why I'm so shocked is my sister-in-law 
adopted her son from Guatemala. I don't know if you did or not. I don't I, know if you did it or not. I, I, I know we had discussed it. it might, we might have mentioned something in passing, but I think when you and I were having that discussion, there were so many different things going on yes. or anything like that. It just, you know, sometimes they get lost. <laughs> All right. We have a Facebook user saying, hey, Anthony, and hey, Dorothy. I'm not sure who that is. I think that's Alexandra Rosa. <laughs> I was going to say, Ale I know Alex. I know you and Alex are really uh, good friends as well. And I think she told me to connect with you. So yes. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so hi, Alex. Thanks for joining us. So yeah, that that is, um, that's exciting. I didn't realize that was part of your journey. So yeah, my husband's oldest nephew was adopted from Guatemala too. So that's awesome. Um, so what was it like, you know, when you're going through all this, like, I can't imagine having a stroke that young and then, you know, leading to the rest of your, your, you know, kidney failure and, and, and having the transplant, but what would, would go through your mind? Like when that first started happening, especially at such a young age, a lot of times I think people, you, when you're diagnosed with something, you get in this state of denial. And, you know, I think at age 18, when I had that stroke, you know, it did affect me. Um, I play music. And so I played the piano. And so when I went and realized that I could only play one finger and I couldn't play my chords in my right hand, it really, it, I knew there was work ahead and having to get that all back, which think we got, you know, we've got that back, but it, it did have its effect on me for a little bit. And, um, you know, even, and then I got stubborn and decided to just throw it all in and let's just move on with life which, you know, looking back, some people say, well, would you take it back? Actually, no, because I learned a very valuable lesson from it. And I think that's key in life is if you don't learn the first time, definitely you're going to learn it. The second time it's going to be a lot worse, but also know that, um, learn it. <laughs> don't, don't not, not learn it. Cause it can definitely throw you for a loop. That's funny that you said that because, okay. So, um, my dad was actually on dialysis for a while as well. And the reason he, that he had a cold, like a, a common cold and which would have been nothing to nobody else, but um, he, it persisted. But what he didn't tell us is he couldn't urinate. And the reason why he finally got to the hospital was because his, he lost sight in his eyes. So when he lost sight, he was taking the dog for a walk, he lost vision and started screaming at my mom. Okay, fine. I'm going to, the, I'll go to the hospital now. Hadn't kept anything down for, for three or four days, but that wasn't what got him, you know? And sometimes you're right. The life lessons, like losing your sight gets you to finally do something about your situation. So, uh, would a good lesson like when your body's trying to tell you something listen to it right and that's that was the start of his journey to being on dialysis he never had a transplant god healed him make a long story short he was on it for maybe four months and got off it the only one that the team in windsor knows of that has that's got off dialysis without a transplant yeah I mean when you lose your sight that is definitely something that is significant <laughs> definitely I mean when I when I first um after I threw my meds away I ended up going to the eye doctor because I couldn't see out of my right eye and barely out of my left eye I come to find out I was legally blind in this side almost blind in this eye and uh, the the funny thing about that is it was due to hypertension we know it was due to the high blood pressure but the funny thing about that is before I even went into the hospital when I finally reneged and said, okay, I'm going. And it, what got me was the buzzing in the back of the head because my head was buzzing and that's not generally a good sign. Uh, what got me was before, just a few days before I could actually see, before I started dialysis. So I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> so. so that song really has a meaning for you then. I was blind and now I see. Uh, Dwellin, welcome to the show. What's up, uh, D? Thanks. Uh, kidney trails <laughs> present. That's awesome. That's right. So tell us about kidney trails because I know, um, Je I don't know. His name is Jeffrey. I, I think his last name is green. I'm not sure if you know him. He's on Facebook a lot and he does a show all about kidneys. Um, people, kidney, people needing kidney transplants and he helps them find a donor. So I should, if you don't know about him, I'll connect you to you after I, right now he's in, uh, I know he's sending his buns on the beach somewhere in somewhere nice and warm. He's been posting for the last week and I've been like, okay, 
I this guy's having fun, but I'll connect you to you afterwards. But um, tell us about what Kidney Trails is for the people that don't know what Kidney Trails is. So KT actually started, I would say, back in 2014. I was actually on dialysis. Um, I felt like that there was something greater to do with my life than just be on dialysis and go to vacation school and have a a okay job, you know, and just have a lot of family. Um, so KT really started out with an idea or really a calling. I say that I remember where I was at when I wanted something more than just the norm that you see out there, the norm things. And there was what I say about that. I didn't want to know about the blood pressure. I didn't want to know about the potassium. I didn't want to know about all the medical jargon. I had my medical care team for that. Leave the medical care stuff to the medical professionals, not to somebody they didn't know. What I wanted to know was what lessons did they learn from this? You see, back at age 16, and this even goes back, my uncle, I call him a seed planter because he started, you know, we're driving down the road to a service call, you know, he would have his, the CDs going, you know, the Zig Ziglar's, the Napoleon Hills, the Jim Rohn's, the Les Brown's, and I hated it, put my earbuds in my ear, I want to be cool, listen to my old MP3 player. Um, of course, we use our phones now, but, you know, going down the road, you know, and then at age 17, one headphone came out, and then age 18, both of them came out. And so I wanted to know if was there anybody out there that had di that had to do dialysis that had those type of lessons they learned, and I couldn't find anybody. Okay. It wasn't something that was uh, something I don't think a lot of people were doing back then. And so I felt like there needed to be something more. So the idea was the idea that started back in two thousand seven, back in two thousand and fourteen, when I uh, started you know, started down when I was in the chair that I realized there was something more than just all this other, other stuff. And you know, like I said, leave the medical to the medical, leave the professionals questions to the professionals. What else can we learn? What else? Because there's life lessons in everything that we do. And mm -hmm. so it started out with a little idea. Let's see what we can do. And it didn't. And I tried it in 2018 and 2019 and it failed miserably both times. Never even got it off, off the ground. And then in 2020, when COVID hit, I had had, I've been in the public speaking industry since 2014 as well. So I'd actually been, I had, I had gigs, I had speaking engagements lined up. I had nine to 10 speaking engagements lined up for the year of 2020, 2020 hits, COVID hits, everything shuts down. And it's like, there goes all my speaking engagements. So how in the world am I going to share this story? What am I going to do? And there was the thought of the podcast, or at the time, I didn't even know much about live stream, if anything at all. And then there was blogging, and I said, I'm not a writer, but it's about all I feel comfortable doing. So I started out with my journey, and KT really started off just as a personal blog and has went into multiple guest authors, multiple authors sharing their journey, not just the journey, not just the story, but the lessons that are learned from them. And then we just, it's just, a, it started out as a blog site with, with the, those guest authors. And we've moved into, we've got um, a lot of collaboration with other companies, other organizations, a lot of partnerships. We also do, uh, we're also a publishing company, KT Press, Kenny Trail Press, where we publish books. We actually have, I think on file right now, we're looking at about 10 books for the end of the year that we'll be publishing. Um, ranging in from the, we have one, I'm going to give a little quick shout out, our author we're working on right now, with him right now, Yermi. Yermi is uh, For the Love of Success, so that one's coming out in August. And then we will be having, like I said, about 10 more books, come, about nine more books come out by the end of the year. So we got that, and then we got the KT Broadcasting Network where we actually do three live stream shows and a couple podcasts as well, help produce those. Wow, that that's awesome. I just want to go to the comments for a minute. Uh, Philip says hi from Los Angeles. And our friend Michelle from out in California. So, wow, that's definitely um, quite quite the story. You've got your own production company going on there now and, and things like that. What made you decide to get into productions and producing shows and, and being a publisher and all that? A <laughs> funny story. Uh, so, uh, D came up or Dwellin came up to me and said, you know, cause I was doing this little comic strip, uh, called, uh, adventures with KB, the positive kidney, which is kind of like our, he's like our uh, little mascot. I guess you'd say you can see him at the outline of him in our, uh, logo. 
But uh, I was doing little little comic strips, and he said, you know what? I've got this story I'd like to do in a comic strip, and I want to do it about a hemodialysis technician from what they see in a patient's initial treatment. And I just said, okay, yeah, I can publish that. And I've never done publishing in my life. <laughs> He's like, okay, let's do it. So I started into something I knew not of, but really did a lot of research. And the other thing is it goes, coordinates exactly what I wanted to do. And that's bring the stories to life. We, you know, we call it making your story valuable one word at a time. Each word, there should be something behind it. It's more than just, you know, a bunch of words together. We want you to get something out of it. So we did his graphic novel first. That was our first one. And I think we're coming up on a year now that we've been in actually as a business. And so we've got his book coming out, well, that book. And then it moved into, okay, now I want to get, not only do we do graphic novels, but I do want to get these other stories, which we are getting right now. So we're working on it with some other authors and some other people as well with that. That's how we started the publishing company. But then the broadcasting kind of coordinated with it. And I didn't want to just be all about kidneys and all about dialysis. Let's look into some different things as well, which we did, which we've got the Rich and Dwellin show. We've got the Extraordinary Podcast, host Willis Porter. We've got the Kidney Trails Fireside Chat, which is just casual conversation, just a guest and myself talking about different little things. It could be somebody about success, somebody in dialysis. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Kidney Trail podcast and we've got two other shows as well. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's just another way to get the information out there and to get bring spotlight to those people, push them out to the forefront. Right, right. Uh, just shout out here to Melody from Massachusetts. Hello. And Dwellin says, please visit kidneytrails.com backslash store for your, your merchandise and publications, as well as making your story valuable one word at a time. And that is so true. You know, that's why this show was started, um, giving people a platform to share the story. Uh, I believe everybody has one. And that's why we're here today. Um, because, you know, when we're going through these moments and these times and we think we're the only ones to, that are going through, quote unquote, the hell that we're going through at the time. Um, you know, if you have some, if you know somebody else is out there going with it, with you, or has gone through the same thing, you have a tendency not to feel so alone. So, you know, that's why we started ours. And I'm not sure if that's probably why you started some of yours. So here, uh, anyone interested in being a guest author, please visit our website click on write for us that's awesome visit (laughs) thank you for being here and be he's your scribe tonight (laughs) (laughs) i mean yes it it was one of the reasons we started it uh far as sharing the story one thing it goes back to i wanted another platform to share more than just going out in public speaking which that's what i did and that's what i still do to this day but i wanted to get a little bit more personal give people time to read it on their own. And I think we're almost to the end of the journey up to the transplant now on the story. It just all of a sudden we've gotten slammed and the blogs, I haven't been able to get down to sit down and actually write like I really need to, or really want to more. It's not really need to, it's something we want to. And so, you know, sharing that, sharing the different aspects, sharing the different, these are the lessons that I learned from this, this certain portion in, in my life. And I think that's very important. If you don't learn the lessons and you're not going to, you're going to keep going through that. You're still, you're going to do the hamster wheel of lessons and you'll never get there. <laughs> right. Exactly. That was my next question. What advice would you give to somebody who's, you know, 18 years old, just had their first stroke and thinking mm-hmm. that this is it, you know, what you're not really sure what's going on, but I'm, I'm sure you must've been scared at one point, you know, you were young going through this. What advice would you give to that young person? Well, to any young person that has a, a any type of disease, I mean, it happens more often than we would any of us would like to see because, you know, the young people, I don't think they really they really don't deserve to go through it in, in the way. But it's not over. It's really there to make you stronger, to make you better. It's, it's I would put it this way. And this is something that I felt if, if you're young and you have to face something like that, it's it's for reasons, for a purpose It's because there's something special that you need to go do. Uh, in life and something that you can go do and have make a major impact right absolutely and also says the kt business summit is coming in november stay tuned 
absolutely. So exactly. We all go through things in life. And my uncle used to have the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And uh, he was teaching, lived in Taiwan. He was teaching English to the Taiwanese. And he had this girl that he was teaching. And her background, it was horrible. I mean, she had been abused several different times. And she had said to him, you know, Brian, I really believe that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And he told me that. And I was just like, that's always stuck in my head. So we go through these hard times because if we didn't, then how could we relate to each other, you know? And and I think too is taking that word. A lot of people say we go, you know, we go through, but if you go through it, you may have to go through it again. You need to grow through that. You need, it's, it's like a plant. You got to water it. You're going to have to fertilize it. It hurts to grow. Think about when you're a young, young kid and you know, I've got uh, three young kids myself and when they grow, you know, you get those body aches and we're, you know, you're growing. It hurts. It's not fun. I remember being five, six years old sobbing because, you know, my legs were hurting because I was growing. So it does hurt to grow. So it's going to hurt to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's necessary to get to where you need to go. Absolutely. And and just think you're going to use that to help somebody else. Um, Melanie says the bigger the struggle, the bigger the purpose. Absolutely. Uh, she says she loved that grow through it. Absolutely. We'll have to make a sign grow through yeah. it. <laughs> And so how how long were you on dialysis before you got your transplant? I say, uh, I, I tell people I have a four-year degree in dialysis. Four years. <laughs> I, was, I was almost, I was like a week or two shy of being four years on dialysis uh, before I got the transplant. But I mean, right. in school, you don't go all year round, generally. <laughs> so right. I tell people I have a four-year degree and graduated to transplant. So how many times a week did you have to go for yours? So for mine, I was three, three times a week. I went in center at three hours and 45 minutes, a, a treatment. And that's a, that's a key thing is, you know, it's interesting because people said, you know, once you get out of dialysis, once you're out there, you're going to have all this time. I don't have all that time. I had all that time when I was on dialysis is three hours and 45 minutes. Not that, saying I want, I don't want that again, obviously, but it's what you do with that three hours and 45 minutes or the four hours that you're on that chair that counts. Right. You know, there's people, there's, there's, there's things in the clinic when I, when I was going that uh, they call them TVs. I call them time vaporizers. They really vaporize the time and don't give any merit to, to the time. It doesn't really fulfill it. So to utilize that time wisely so that you can be prepared for the next step. Right. Right. And th- that is so true. I mean, you know, I, my, I was down there when my dad was having his treatments and nine times out of 10, he would just go to sleep, uh, you know, but he was older and really just wasn't, he would have a, a puzzle book too. Like if he woke up, it was, it was, there was still time left. He would do that, but you're right. Use your time wise. And that's where those tips with Zig Ziglar that you didn't want to listen to probably came in handy. <laughs> They did. I mean, I listened to Zig. I listened to Les. I didn't listen. I listened to Jim a little bit, Jim Rohn and some of those other ones and really put them to use, you know, especially when you're sitting there, you don't have nothing to do. And and I challenge anybody if you say, well, that's easy. Just sitting there three times a week, three hours and 45 minutes. Uh, I would challenge anybody to go sit in a chair for two hours and not get up, not even to go to the restroom or get a drink of water uh, because it's not as easy as it sounds. But it really can work on the mind. It's just that idle time, as they say, idle time is the devil's workshop, because it can really, really affect uh, on how you think on these different aspects. You know, it can really throw you into a state of depression, anxiety, closed in, all these different things if you allow it to. So you really have to keep your mind busy. And for me, it was the Zig Ziglar's. It was that. Also, while I was listening to that, I was drawing a lot. And also, I did school while I was on the machine as well. I went to vocational school online and did an electrical degree while I was all on the chair. So I, I wanted to utilize my time wisely so, you know, that, that I would get things done. Now, I know that for some it was offered, but I don't know what the circumstances were. Were you at one time able to, because um, they have the portables where you can bring it into your home and do it at home? 
Was that ever an option for you? Uh, it was always an option, but an option I didn't want to pursue at the time. Uh, the job that I was in at the time, because I ended up switching jobs, I really didn't have a lot of uh, communication with other people. It was just kind of a solo me job. And so I really needed that in-center experience to actually have good conversations with other people. Even though, you know, you, your chairmate right beside you, you would talk to them and you would pick on them. And, you you know, I could tell you so many funny, I've written about the stories. And they can go read it. Funny stories of the, the, the pranks I would play while I was in dialysis and the different things. But it was really my conversation. It was really my uh, connection with everybody else. Right. That I was gonna say that was my next connect uh, next question because when you're going through something like that, there's a, you know you're in a room full of people usually, um, so building that connection with people that are going through the same thing as you, especially when you've been through it for four years, and I imagine it'd probably be the same people in there each time that you went in there, um, building that connection. It's almost like a camaraderie type thing. Even I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, you know, when you're going through that together. It can be. I, I can remember there were six people that I, I call them kidney coaches because they actually took the time to actually share with me what they learned and they weren't sharing. They were sharing lessons of life. Okay. Like one of them said, look around you, Anthony. Um, and it, it said, you've got it good. Look around you. You've got it good. You know, there's a lot of people that would like to be in the situation that you're at right now. And one person said, well, you know, it could be worse. It really could. One person says, get up when you put your feet in the, put your feet on the floor. Just remember you're greatly blessed and highly favored. All these different little things helped me along in my journey that really, and, it, you know, to get me to where I was going. And they started sharing these different things that would help me later on down the road. And even during the moment. Right. That's, that's awesome. And so how long has it been now since your transplant? Uh, five years, plus five Plus five. And everything's going great for you. So far so good. Awesome. I love that. I love hearing those stories. You know, um, there's just so many people out there that don't have that good story. Um, I guess is lack for lack of a better word. So congratulations. That's awesome. And what would you as somebody who's gone through, you know, the dialysis and then the transplant, what would your, um, what would you say to somebody that's going through that now? Like going through the transition from dialysis to transplant? Well, there's a lot of things to think about when you think about going from one place to another. First of all, it's change. Okay. If you've been on dialysis, if you've been in any situation, in any amount of time, you know, just there's a change period. And I think change actually scares people. It's this fear of the unknown. Well, first of all, don't worry about the unknown. Kidney trails have conquered the unknown for you, uh, number one. <laughs> uh, but it's this fear that, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. What is this going to happen? You know, I, I'm getting dialysis because some of the thoughts that came to me is, well, why do I want to go for a transplant when I'm doing okay? I just have to come and get needle sticks. Or do I really want to go get surgery to get this transplant? Yes, it may make my life. It's all these different things that the thoughts. So first of all, keep the doorway of your mind clear of these negative thoughts. And, and second of all, look at it with an optimistic outlook, not a negative outlook. You don't want to look at it as, well, you know, well, this could happen and this could happen. And if this happens, man, I'd really be, you know, I'd really be done for. Let's, right. let's look at it. Well, what about if, what about if it does work? What about if, what about if I don't have to do dialysis? What about if I am able to have a family? And I have one of them coming behind me. <laughs> what about if I do have, if I get that dream job? What about if I do all that stuff? You know, that would be, that's going to be wonderful. So you, you look at it in a different light. Don't look at it in all, because this world that we live in now is so doom and gloom. It's all these negative things. And I mean, you don't have to you, what, pick up your phone and you can have so many negative thoughts. It's, you don't even want to touch it. So you got to really figure you really got to separate that. So that's the thing. Look also somebody that's looking at that, look for the success stories. There's a lot of stories out there, but a lot of times they're negative. You want to look for the success stories, not the negative stories. Yeah. Think about it like a garden. It's easy to find the weeds, but harder to grow the fruit. I love that. 
I absolutely love that. You're right. You know, with everything out there, we have to focus on the positive. And I'm sure, um, you know, seeing somebody go through dialysis and, and, and cancer, your mind plays tricks on you. You know, your, your mind absolutely plays tricks on you, especially when you're going through these things, like being, being in the chair for three hours, almost four hours. Right. And so keeping yourself, not only yourself motivated, but surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you bring it through that. Right. Instead of just. Right. And, you know, I would have to go back to my uncle on that one because he was a very big proponent of that encouragement that I needed. You know, I'd call him up and I'd ask him this and that, you know, say I'm really having a hard time with this thought. And he'd say, well, let's, you know, let's go here. You know, remember this, remember that, remember what's ever things are true. What's ever things are pure. What's ever things are lovely, good report. And it really helped me guide me through that. But here's the, the funny thing is, is I was actually able to return that favor to him because about a year and a half ago, two years ago, he was actually diagnosed with cancer. And last year we about lost him. So I was in his shoes then giving him those same, you know, this remember, keep a strong mindset, watch out here. It's yes, I know. And I know it feels like you want to give in. Okay. It's okay. Okay, let's 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 gather up. You know, you know, what did Les Brown say? If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, just move. Uh, just all these different things, you know. So I, I got to return that favor to somebody that actually had, you know, a different diagnosis, but it's still the same. These these challenges in life, and the only difference between uh, you and me is the challenges we face. The need is the same. There is no, there's nothing different really. And people say, well, you're on dialysis. Yeah, but you've probably went through something horrific in your life, too. You probably, you know, it could be, it could be, you know, loss of a job. It could be a loss of a companion. It could be, it could be all these other different things. But the, the need is still the same and the lessons can still be the same. It's nothing different. We were just all given different challenges. Right. Absolutely. Melody says you are definitely have some serious wisdom. <laughs> oh. I don't know about that, but <laughs> and, and that's so true, you know, and, and good for you for reciprocating that um, back to your uncle, right? Giving you having it be that sounding board for him when he needed it, um, which is so true. And I believe that if we stay positive in the situation, that's you've already won half the battle, half the battle right there is just by staying positive and being upbeat and don't. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be days you're probably going to not want to get out of bed, but make sure that those days are small compared to the good days and making sure, you know, you're taking that one step forward. Um, What did, what did the one person say? I've had a lot of good days and, but I've had a lot of bad days, but I've had a lot more good days and bad days. I think that's what they said. I mean, it's true. I mean, that's what I tell people. I said, I've had a lot of good days. I've had a lot of bad days, but I've had more good than bad. You know, I mean, I've, I've had a good life. And that's what I tell them. They say, well, you're here. I said, yeah, I still got a good life because I'm living. <laughs> We're on this side of the dirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this side of the dirt. No, I don't want to go to my cousin. He's an undertaker. I don't want to go see him. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can't imagine. That's one profession I don't even have the, I couldn't even do at all. No. I've dabbled in a lot of different things, but being an undertaker is one of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not for me. <laughs> Not my idea of fun. That is no. for sure. So what would you say is next for for you, Anthony? What is the next big thing that you want to go for? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things we're working on right now as KT. I mean, we've got, I, I can I can really, some things uh, in the book, one of the books is coming out. It's my book that's coming out uh, this year. I'll be making a, a formal announcement on August 20th about the book and the title and things like that but that's going to be a lot of fun it's gonna be a lot of fun with uh, that book and what we're what we're doing with the story so that's good the business summit coming up that's going to be interesting we're really excited about that as well it's a little different because of the fact that you know it's you said well your renal your kidneys dialysis you know, but they give people the tools they need to be able to get the careers that they want so Hopefully we'll be able to do that. And we've got a lot of new, we got a new exciting show coming up next year. I can't go into too much details, but we're actually uh, in the process of getting people for that. So that's really exciting. Just a lot of different 
fun things that are going to happen. And that's going to help with those that have kidney disease or want more information about kidney disease. And, but also giving those life lessons, that's the main thing, giving those life lessons in that. So. Right. Your friend here is asking, what's in store for KT for the next five years? You said last couple of years. What's the next five? <laughs> next five. <laughs> Thanks a lot, D. <laughs> let's let's envision this right here. That way you can oh, come back this, and say it. This, it's like on the show. <laughs> yeah. What you say? No, I mean, what you speak out comes about, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and it's one thing you know we could talk about is having a vision. I think this is very important on what you're going to do in the next five to ten years. You know, what's the one? Uh, Plan, plan like you're going to live forever, but live like you're going to die today. So you need a plan. And that's the one thing, you know, we got the publishing company, we got the graphic novels coming out. We've got more than just that. There's some um, other things that we're working on in education over the next couple of years. We're actually working into some things with some research with some other different, I've actually, I've got my research developed, developer, my director of research and development that was actually actively working with some different of the universities around the nation. Uh, with re research not only in the renal industry, but also in the transplant community as well. So it's just different things that are growing at a good bit, which we're in, you know, it's exciting to see what they're doing. It's exciting to see what the team's doing. And it's not just all, yes, I own a company, but those guys really do a phenomenal job and they take ownership and they do phenomenal work every single day. And that's the thing. I, I enjoy seeing what they can come up with. Say, someone will say, hey, you know, I want to do this. Okay, go for it. Let's see what happens. And that's part of how the research came about. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to be growing over the next couple of years as well. That's awesome. Dwayne's laughing at you. Exploring the unknown territory. <laughs> mm -hmm. Conquering the conquering. Remember, we're conquering. We don't, we've explored it already. It's time to conquer it. Time to conquer that wall. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, you mentioned something about the education of research. So you see, are you partnering with any um, doctors in your area or anything like that to to help with the education, or is that just strictly um, through what you've gone through yourself? Or uh, so our research and development director, he's actually working with some other universities, some other doctors and physicians, and different things in different programs and things that you know. Right now, we can't really say a lot about. I do know that one of them is going to be really excited with what we're doing, and we're gathering some people to do that to help us with that research as well. But that's that's what he's doing. He, that's his his gig. He says, you know, I want to do this. I, I love research. I love the development. I was like, okay, well, where are you going to go with this? He goes, well. You know, I, you brought me this. I said, yeah. He goes, I think we can make this a lot bigger and bring in more people and do this. So, yes, we are working with physicians, doctors, PhDs with different uh, different research projects as well. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I was just, um, yeah, hats off to any doctor that is, well, number one, even out there and practicing in anything. But um, the I was just thinking, Dr. Cadre here in town in Windsor, Ontario, amazing team. Like he has not one, but his team is of like five different doctors. So when you come into the hospital, it's like, there is no playing around. It's like it, it tests from the time you get in until they know exactly what's on, on there until you're strapped to dialysis or you're on the transplant list or whatever the case may be. But, um, so I, even though it wasn't a great experience, it was a good experience with the doctors that we had, meaning that we knew we were in good hands, right? Because as a caregiver, that is scary when you have no idea what's going on. You All you know is that, you know, your dad's gone blind, you um, can't pee for lack of better terms, <laughs> it's, it's not coming. It is, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so you're scared. You're, you're really not sure what, what's going on. So having those those amazing doctors there and that team, um, that, that was our experience anyways. Our experience was a, a positive experience with the team that we did have. So uh, was that your experience as well when you were going through your uh, dialysis and things like that? Well, I mean, there there were times a lot of things were a blur as the individual that was receiving the treatment. It's, you know, you've got uh, end-stage renal disease, your creatinine's this, your GFR is that, all these medical terminology. And I'm sitting there looking like, you know, the deer in the headlight looks at them. 
it's like, okay, what's next? You got to get this surgery to get this catheter in so you can go ahead and start dialysis. We're scheduled for this, this, and this, and this. And, you know, you, let's look at home. Let's look at all these different things. It was just, it was just a lot of overload. And it's, and it's part of it. You know, this is all the information. It, and thankfully, I had my mom there who was able to retain some of that. But, you know, over, over a period of time, once you get settled, then you can start asking more questions about your care. Right. Yeah, it, it's important to have somebody else there. And I know um, my my mom was there through most of it. But at the same time, she was also um, had a case of pneumonia. Sorry, there's a bug flying in here and it drives <laughs> me crazy. Of course, you know, it didn't fly by me at all until you, you see me around the show. Right. That's, that's uh, a beauty. That's the beauty of live stream. Anything can happen. You know, I've I've been on live streams before and just everything just goes wrong and you just roll with it. <laughs> that's that's it and and somebody's like oh i'm so sorry you know my kids in the background i'm like you know what that's the beauty of live <laughs> if we wanted perfect then we'd be in a, a studio but this is what it is <laughs> eventually one day we we will be in a studio because i see the show going global and uh, being nationally syndicated so that's just you know that's me talking to the, my universe and my God, <laughs> bringing yeah. it to fruition, but um, getting back before the fly and the squirrel decided to come. Um, yeah. Having that support system and really um, <laughs> so that you can bounce out off each other as well. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, sure, right? I mean, things happen. Look, you know, distractions come. We can actually take that. That distractions do come even when when the individual is getting the care, distractions will come, okay? Uh, so, you know, it's not a bad thing distractions come. You just got to not, not squirrel out too much. <laughs> I have a tendency to squirrel out a lot, so I don't know. I, I did that to I did that today bad. I was prepared. I'm preparing for a speech I'm supposed to give for Steve Gadsden in this masterclass session. So um, I was preparing that. And I got through. I was like, oh, I squirreled that whole entire speech. I got to go back and get the squirrels out. <laughs> that, my friends, is how I got through college. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I bullshitted my way through college. And then you give me an essay. <sighs> you give me multiple choice i can i can get you an a and essay i don't know about the multiple choice so much oh, but it's <laughs> yeah i don't think i can scroll too much on this one to, to get on this one so but it, it, that that'll be an interesting one i'll tell you to say the least we have another question if you could go back three years prior to kt now what would you change well, the one thing is I look at those years as uh, years of experience, years of learning. So the only thing I would I would change is nothing because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Slam. There you go. <laughs> That's funny you said that because I had a coach tell, tell me, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I could change this, wish I could change that. And she goes, yeah, but then you wouldn't be who you are today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, that's it's, it's the thing. People's asking, you know, if you could go back and take your meds and, you know, not have to do dialysis, would you do it? It's like, no, no, because it's it pointed me in the right direction. You know, life has a way of doing that. It point you in the right direction, say, hey, look, you know, you're not doing the right thing. You need to move this way. So, you know, the thing is, the only thing is, is that I would go in knowing a little bit more of what to expect. <laughs> not necessarily change anything because the lessons are there for us to take, glean from it, harvest it, and then enjoy it. That sounds Absolutely. like a speech. There you go. There's your speech. Just listen to this again, and then you got your speech done. Well, uh, <laughs> it says wife's words from the ants. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a feeling that you two are like um, oh Matt my. and Jeff when you were together. <laughs> Either that or Abbott and Costello. I mean, it can be. So D and I met back in 2000 and. DTX 19, 2000, was it 19? I think it was 19. Yeah, I think it was 19. DTX 19. I actually was scheduled to speak at the um, association where he's a president at. And so I, I got to meet him the last day and he was a president. We got to talk and then, and then uh, we kind of kept in contact. And in 2020, I, I actually reached back out to him, asked him, do you want to write? And next thing I know, he's 
we're side by side. We work side by side very well together. And yes, we talk almost every day and we literally, some of the conversations we have just absolutely hysterical. Yeah. He's saying Laurel yeah. and Hardy. I, I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But that's what keeps life interesting, right? Cause if we can't have fun and we can't bring fun into what we're going through, um, I have a tendency to do that a lot. And especially if it's something serious, I have a tendency to bring humor into the situation. Uh, My my thing is like on my dad's deathbed, I was cracking jokes. Everybody, (laughs) thank God, it was all people that knew that this is exactly what my dad would have wanted. Um, Because (laughs) some of it, like I got my humor for him. He's Scottish. And so I get the dry humor from him. So I'm just cracking these jokes off and laughing hysterically. (laughs) I'm just like, you know what? If anybody is offended by this, then, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to quit. (laughs) I get that because sometimes it happens to me and at the worst times. You're like, probably wasn't the best, but oh well, it's life. <laughs> well, and but the thing of it is, okay, so going through dialysis, like that's what I've seen some people have different reactions and, and things like that. And it's the first time I was in the cancer ward, seen seen that too, like people hooked up to their chemos and, and things like that. So either which if you're going through dialysis or chemo, you're going, you're hooked up to something. So it, in some of those times, like you kind of need humor to get through it because, you know, I don't know. That's just how I see life. I could be wrong. But. Yeah. That's when humor got me in trouble a couple of times. Okay. So just, tell us one of those stories. <laughs> I'll tell you about the prank I pulled on one of the individuals there. Um, I never watched TV when I was in there, but the clinic that we were at, the TVs, the remotes to those TVs would actually work on all the TVs around the room. And I literally got the wise idea to keep turning this other TV off for this other individual setting. It, I think I did it three or four times, and they never got wind of it. They were getting so upset until the nurse caught me, and that turned out into another debacle of a hysterical situation. <laughs> So it's just things like that, you know, between that and the roller derby, that was pretty funny too. Uh, when um, some of the staff decided, and oh man, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I shouldn't. Um, the staff decided to do a uh, a race on the rolly chairs around the clinic. Uh, that, that was funny. So it's just yeah, a lot of things like that, you know. But like when you're going through these situations, you need that. You really do. It's those situations when you see something like that, when you're in the chair and you see a situation, I guess this would be a good thing for us, you know, patient, patient experience or uh, anything of that nature. When somebody's going through a really rough time, especially you don't know what they're going through up here and and you see something like a roller derby and just say somebody crashes into the side of the wall by accident and everybody's laughing, having a good time. Maybe it's a, uh, they decided the staff decides to do a dance party, whatever it may be. You know, it's those times that really takes your mind off of all of this negative things that are around you. And brings you in and say, whoa, whoa, what's it's like your mind stops because it's abnormal. This isn't supposed to be happening. And all of a sudden you got these neon lights, all this stuff happening, so to speak. And everything just stops and you're focused in on that one thing and it gives you that sense of relief. So yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And Melody nailed it. Lighting the mood is good medicine. Absolutely. Laughter is the best medicine, I believe. And uh, you know, keeping positive your positive vibes up or whatever you want to call it. Um, James, welcome. What's hey, up? James. <laughs> uh, James is a poet. So James, uh, I forget where James is from, but yeah, James is a poet. So maybe he could, maybe <clears throat> James, you should connect with uh, Anthony after the show. And he, you guys, he, you can publish his uh, poems. Sure. Sure. Always open to conversation. There we go. So that's awesome. Uh, So we're getting ready then for the next segment of the show, because I know that uh, we're going to bring more. Oh, James says, who's on first? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Third base. (laughs) 
<laughs> Laurel and Hardy. I never really got their humor, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to bring Kimberly to the show now, and I'm going to bring it over to her so she can do the fundamentals. You're, can't hear you. <laughs> She's hey, a mute. Starting, starting with the with it right away, right? Uh, so Anthony, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. It's yeah, just, yeah, just a real pleasure. And I love the amount of fun that you keep bringing up and the difference that fun and laughter make, um, especially in those in those times of life that it can seem more dark than light. So right. really, thank thank you for uh, you know being a, a real uh, demonstration of what that can look like. And uh, so many great gems tonight on the show. Really beautiful. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Hopefully people can take something away from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well, I know I did. <laughs> Dorothy, how about you? How about you? Yes. Audience? Did you always take something away? Of course you are. I took some things away too. That's the fun part about doing these shows and speaking is sometimes even the speaker or the guest sometimes can take their own thoughts away and go back and meal over them and say, you know, that was pretty good. That really came out quite well. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's the power of sharing, you know, it really is, you know, um, in the grand design of how we're designed, right. And our human vessels is, is that connection um, that shows up in communicating and sharing and, being a contribution to one another. It just, it, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps expanding and blossoming. And, you know, it is the secret garden of humanity sharing. Yep. And thank you for doing it so vulnerably and authentically tonight. It's really been a true pleasure to be a part of. It's been an honor. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we would love to hear what your fundamentals are for life what what is it that you want to leave people with it what is the secret ingredient as you see it um that will make a difference for people so they can live life fully and celebratory and fun regardless of their circumstances well i would first say before i go into that that i would take this a little bit from jim rune is don't be a follower be a student of it take what you can and what you can't it's okay because it, it for every one of us it's different so you know one of the things is you know we talked a little bit about the fundamentals a little bit we didn't dig a lot into it but we talked about the good mindset that um <laughs> sorry I, I saw that comment and had to stop and look at it <laughs> well let's share it dorothy go ahead and share it it's okay there once was a bird named I don't even know what that is. Crap for me. There you go. He sat in his bed all day into the world. He finally trolled and he did it. And here he did stay. Too, here he did stay. That's funny. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> Appreciate that. Squirrel. Right? <laughs> right? So the one thing is, we were looking at this, you know, and, and, and the thing is, there's not just these three fundamentals, okay? There's so many different things that go into this. And the first thing, and, and this is just a little bit of my philosophy of life, you know, there's other other things that, you know, some of the different speeches and different things that I've written about is really shares a little bit more into the philosophies that I hold and that I believe in. You know, the one thing is definitely a good mindset. And part of that, having a good mindset, I would say, would be to not only have positive thinking, that's only a small part of it, but it's also something that can um, have the positive mindset, a small part of having a good mindset, but you're also looking at having a good vision of your life, where you want to be, how you want to be, what do you want to be? It's like, said, where do we want to be in five years? Where do we want in, in 10? And my thought goes even more that, what do you want said about you at the end of your life? How would you want your life to live? So it, it, it's all, it, when we're talking about good mindset, I'm talking about not only all that other stuff, but I'm talking about the, you know, vision, your goals, your dreams, your hopes. Let's look at, you know, these type of thoughts, your philosophy of life. That's, you know, that's going to be part of that good mindset of that. And along with that, you know, definitely what inspires you. And whatever inspires you to keep that inspiration going, you need motivation to feel that. So be motivated. Like I said, that's just a real quick overview of some fundamentals. Beautiful. 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 Well, 
so did, were you putting all of them into one or it's it's pretty much <laughs> it, it, i could speak probably i don't know two or three hours on having a good mind what a good mindset means and looks like because there's so much into that it's more than just you know people say well you got to have a positive mindset you got to have a positive mindset it's more um it's more than that it's more than yeah. a positive mindset it's a good portion of it but it's more than that yeah, well, I mean, in the world of it, right? The the mind is ultimately what is the driving force. So it's, it's no. In, I mean, in, no. Go ahead. I mean, what did Napoleon Hill say? He said, "Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, the mind of man achieves." And that can go for negative and positive. Exactly. So, so whatever you yeah. conceive, if you conceive, if you uh, conceive that you want a big old house and you want to have financial freedom and you believe it, you, you have the possibility to achieve it. But if you conceive that you want to live in a dump down the road and you want to be in debt all your life and you want to be, you know, homeless, you're going to, you're going to believe that and you're going to conceive it. So it goes into so much more than just, just, you know, that one portion, which a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on, but I think there's so much more in that. Well, most definitely, most definitely. It, it's it's kind of, it is, it is the filter though, right? It's, it's oh, yeah. kind of like on the air conditioner. You know, the air yeah. conditioner is only as good as the filter. It is. It is. But it's also the, I, I say it's a doorway to the soul. You better keep your mind. You know, it's, it's, I was talking to somebody about this this very thing today as I was talking about it, is that, you know, we were kind of talking about the same. We were actually having a little debate about the difference between being a speaker and a motivational speaker. It was a whole debate. It was a lot of fun. But my my thought was is you got to keep this clear you got to keep the doorway clear whatever enters that it's going to go it will have the opportunity to go straight to your soul don't just don't allow anything in here if it's negative push it away if it's if it's going to be a bad whatever it is any of that just guard it let it go through the filter let it go through the trash can don't hesitate to throw some of these things in the trash who is that us i'm still on a live stream <laughs> very light and this one and wherever she's at if she'll pop in that one helps me keep it light <laughs> uh, sorry about that actually i'm not going to apologize for like no, please don't. 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 No, these no, are no. these are my yeah. these are two of my three kids that i have <laughs> beautiful oh, they're gorgeous. absolutely beautiful absolutely well and that and that's also a fun demental is to stay like the little children right yeah, you you do, especially in today's world. It's it's you know my son he's five, and he always questions why. And I think that's a good thing to have is to always question why. But then you got my daughter who's full of life, and people say, well, you know this and that. But it's like she's full of adventures. What I would say, you know, a little bit more energetic, but that's okay. And then we're still figuring out about my youngest. But it's the fun things in life. These are the things that really keep things moving. Is the family and the children, it's a, it's a lot that goes into it, you know, and I think um, if people were to have more imagination like children do, oh my, oh my, I think it put a saying that if people, uh, the imagination of a child far outweighs that of any adult, but is stifled. Yeah, absolutely. And they can't reach their full potential. I mean, I've been to parks before and these looks nice, oh, it's a beautiful park, but what would a kid have? What would they put out there? You know, you said, well, it doesn't look right. Well, what would they do? What would they imagine? Keep it up. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, it's so beautiful, the generations that are getting to 
um, be raised up in the level and access of technology that we have is, you know, the, the opportunities are just literally endless of what they're going to be able to express themselves in that they could never do before with the technology we had. So I'm very excited for these next generations, you included. So, and by the way, that is definitely something I wanted to say uh, to end the show and pass it back to Dorothy. You are such a breath of fresh air, Anthony, um, inside your generation. And uh, it's just really great to see um, our futures in your hands. So thank you for who you are. And Dorothy, back to you. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I just want to thank some more people that joined us, Tim, Sean, or Sean, um, and definitely your why. Why is important throughout your life? Absolutely. Let's have the curiosity of your five-year-old son. I love that. Oh, yeah. Love that. So, folks, I just want to thank everybody that's been in the comments, and I want to thank our guest, uh, Anthony, for being on the show. Anthony, where's the best place that you want people to reach you? Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's pretty much where I'm more active on than Facebook. But you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, we are on Facebook, but we're also on, uh, if you want to connect with the company, we're on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, we're also on Twitch. And also you can find us at kinneytrails.com. Amazing. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, Anthony's big announcement is coming uh, August 20th. I wrote that down, August 20th. So uh, stay tuned because we'll make sure that he spills the beans and let us know. <laughs> With that, be unstoppable in all that you do and see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye for now. <laughs>